And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Forum Club, the Lakers weekly podcast from The Athletic. I'm Bill Oram, joined as always by Jovan Buha, uh, who is currently uh, enjoying a sip of his cold brew. Jovan, have you, have you, okay, I was going to say, have you, have you digested? Go ahead. Barely. Uh, there's been a lot to digest lately. Oh, that is an epic segue. <laughs> you must be, you must be a writer. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? So Jovan, uh, so much is going on with the Lakers and, and I don't want to lose sight of the fact that we are less than a week right now away from the trade deadline. Um, trades have already started happening around the NBA, a big one right here in Los Angeles, the Clippers adding Norman Powell, uh, and Robert Covington from Portland. We but it's just to me, a home run deal for the Clippers. Not sure. I, mean, I can't believe the Blazers didn't get more for those two guys, to be honest. But, um, that's a deal that impacts the, the, the Lakers because the Clippers are right ahead of them in the standings, uh, game and a half up on the Lakers who are in ninth after last night's um, game at the crypt. Uh, but let's put the trade deadline on hold for a second. Here are the two biggest things going on with the Lakers. Uh, LeBron James is not playing and Anthony Davis is playing like he is playing out of his mind. Uh, last night, Frank Vogel um, basically said, this is the Anthony Davis we saw in the bubble. And if you are a Lakers fan, if you are on Lakers Twitter, if you engage with other Lakers fans, it is a really common lament that the best Anthony Davis we've ever seen in a Lakers uniform was in the bubble. And he hasn't gotten close to that since, not in the 2020-21 season when he was injured and dealing with, you know, you know kind of in and out of the lineup, or this year before his, his most recent injury. He has come back a man on an absolute mission since his latest knee injury he was fantastic again last night with 30 points and 17 rebounds he's averaging 27 points 25 27 points in the six games since uh he's come back from injury or the five games since he's come back from injury and has really carried a really impressive load without lebron uh the problem is it's just not resulting in wins and there is a caveat to him the comparison uh, to the bubble ad but um one thing frank vogel said last night jovan and i think that this is where Laker fans maybe find some uh, silver lining in everything that's going on is if he can play like this when LeBron comes back, well, then maybe you've got something because you've got LeBron James, who's been playing at an MVP level uh, for most of the last month, month and a half. And uh, before his, his, he went out himself and then you've got Anthony Davis. And if those guys are playing at peak levels in theory, it doesn't really matter what else you have going on. Uh, do you subscribe to that? Do you subscribe to if AD's playing like this, LeBron's playing like he was before uh, he went out, um, that it doesn't matter that Russell Westbrook's an awkward fit. It doesn't matter that Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, DeAndre Jordan, Wayne Ellington haven't panned out. It doesn't matter that Stanley, just, that Stanley Johnson is their fifth <laughs> best player. Like, to that list. <laughs> is it is is like, are you um, I, I do subscribe to that theory to win a championship? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, well, wait. I mean, because like, um, I mean, like, that's, and I get this yeah, is where all, like, all conversations get sort of, um, get sort of like wonky because, like, 
what does like yeah okay fine they, they'll be better they'll win some games but like will they be well they will can they, does, does it win a championship which again to me is the only standard but like it kind of takes the wind out of the I would say probably not only because as we discussed uh, last episode, I think the, the path to a finals, like a, a finals run would be very difficult for this group where they're almost certainly going to be in the playing tournament as you recently wrote. And whether that's the seven seed or the 10 seed, you know, you're, you're going to have to play two, you know, potentially two games. I mean, I guess it depends where they end up, but like one or two games, and and then now you're you're probably playing. I mean, if you're the seventh seed, you're probably playing Golden State in round one, and like that's about as hard as it gets in the West, right? Uh, I mean, Phoenix is obviously at maybe a, a different level right now, but like you're probably playing Phoenix or Golden State in round one, and I just have to take Phoenix or Golden State with what we've seen this season. I, I think Phoenix obviously is has been the best team in the league. I think they have a lot of confidence coming off that finals run. Golden State has reloaded with. Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson's back. They, they got to get Draymond back and, and James Wiseman. But I, I just think like those two teams are probably the, the two, you know, maybe the two best teams in the league, but but definitely the two best teams in the West. And, and for the Lakers to have to play them, one of them in round one, um, I, I just think it's it, it's going to be tough. So I, I would say if the if you're getting LeBron at the level that he's been at. And if you're getting AD at the level that he's been at these last four games, 27 plus points, uh, you know, multiple double digit rebound games, and and really, I think just imposing his will from a physicality standpoint that we have not seen consistently with AD. And as Frank Vogel recently said, and as AD admitted last night, part of that is just him playing at the five full time and the benefit of that, the the additional spacing and and just the, the room with which he has to operate either posting up. ISOing, or more prominently recently, uh, him just destroying teams as a roller. Like he, as a roller, is arguably he's in that conversation for best roller in the NBA when he has the proper space uh, to to you know to operate and, and and to attack and just really good timing with with Russ with LeBron with Malik. Like he he's got. I mean, it's not Rondo level uh, you know timing, but. He's just got it down. Like, I mean, the 80 special, right? Like, there's a reason why the Lakers gave up all that they gave up for him. There's a reason why they were able to win the 20, you know, 20 title with him arguably being uh, their, you know, co best player during that run. So I think for me, if you have LeBron and AD playing at top 10 levels, you have a chance to get it against anybody. Now, to say you're going to win four straight series on the road, that's tough. Maybe you win one series. You know, maybe they upset Phoenix or Golden State. Like, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't say I would be shocked if LeBron and AD are at that level, right? They have to be at that level. Well, um, well and and also I think, but to do it four times is like, yeah, that, that's pretty crazy. But I mean, like we've seen it, especially like in the in the um, in 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 the pandemic era, right? Like, I mean, Milwaukee was not like the seventh seed last year in the East, but like Milwaukee, yeah, had a great run of fortune in the in terms of you know injuries to um, <clears throat> you know injuries to uh, the the Nets. You know, getting the the Hawks in the conference finals. I mean, it really lined up for Milwaukee um, in a way that I don't think anybody would have anticipated going into the postseason. If you were picking championship favorites going into the playoffs, in Milwaukee might have been fourth, fifth, um, and then things lined up for them, and you take advantage. So obviously, you want to go in with with that chance that if something breaks your way, you know, if if you know, I mean, last year even 
Chris Paul, you know, gets hurt in game one of that series against the Lakers. Uh, he, he stuck it at, stuck around and played, but he was a shell of himself. You know, it's like you never root for injuries, but you also don't want to be, be in a position where you don't can't take advantage of injuries. So, I mean, it's interesting to me, too, because like the Lakers are like we've, we've said, like really look like a play in team that could change, I suppose. But I don't really see it. Um, it makes me wonder how different it would have been two, three years ago when LeBron was in his first year here. If if there had been the play in. Because if you remember, the Lakers just kind of started shutting it down about a, a month before the end of the season. LeBron didn't play the last seven games. I mean, Brandon Ingram was dealing with a really scary blood clot. They started playing, you know, Alex Caruso a lot more. They were in a really different, like, sort of like they were out of the eight seed, right? They weren't going to make the playoffs. So there was really no incentive to, like, keep pushing. I do wonder, not that that team would have, you know, beaten a one or two seed, but I, I do wonder how different that season would, would have looked if they had, if there had been a play in. And that it, you know, because they actually ended up finishing tenth, and so would they have finished ninth? You know, would they have won a play-in game? Could they have made? Could they have made the eight? And then what would that have looked like? I think it's interesting because it just colors how we look at a year so differently, and it changes the way we would look at like this current LeBron injury. You know, LeBron being out now, it's like okay, well they're in, they're in the play-in. Um, they're probably not going to fall out of the play-in, especially with the deal the Blazers just made. So <clears throat> if they're not going to fall out of the play-in, then LeBron should take his time to get right to avoid something you know, more you know, more severe down the road. Whereas if they had to be an eighth, every game LeBron missed would feel like just another you know, punch to the gut. Um, so it's completely changed the way you look at where at their at their positioning right now. Yeah, no, that, that that's a really good point. Uh, I think that first season, it would have given that group some juice because uh, obviously that was a young team that hadn't really, you know, done it like they hadn't done anything right. It, it was the baby Lakers plus LeBron. And I think them maybe having a play and win and then losing in round one, maybe maybe they push their opponents to five or like six games. But maybe maybe you don't scrappy. But maybe you don't feel as like motivated to trade everything for yeah for uh, for Anthony Davis. And listen, the Anthony Davis trade has been a success. Like I don't have any. I'm I'm not in any. I'm not interested in relitigating the Anthony Davis trade at this point. It has paid off, but. Um, you know, if you saw like some positive results and you saw those young players develop and like have moments in a postseason setting, you know, I just feel like the the attitude around that team in the 2019 offseason would have been so different. Like the Lakers were a mess in 2019. They were seen as like the most dysfunctional organization. Magic Johnson, you know, quit in dramatic style. Rob Palinka, you know, was completely under fire. Nobody wanted to come coach this team. And I just wonder, again, like if there'd been a play in, it's like, well, we had injuries, but we want to play in. We got to the first round and, you know, things didn't work out. It might have just lowered the temperature on that situation. So anyway, I just think the, the, the advent of the play in to me, uh, is really interesting and like obviously works out very much in the Lakers' favor this year. Yeah, I, I think it, it is going to be interesting to see though. Like, I feel like it's it's just been like a whack a mole season for the Lakers, where you know th- there's some type of progress and then something bad happens to them that that kind of halts that. And it's like you know that they finally feels like they finally start to figure out the Russ Lebron thing a little bit, and, and, and they're kind of coexisting finally. And then LeBron goes out, right? And then AD comes back and then he looks really good, but they keep losing these games. And it's like now their gap in the standings is even bigger. And as you said earlier in the podcast, the Clippers make this trade that, uh, I mean, arguably, well, they're at least probably better or arguably better than this version of the Lakers without LeBron. But, you know, they're they're ahead in the standings. They're now probably, I think they're better on paper, clearly. And that gap could widen. And we still don't know when LeBron's out, right? Or when LeBron's going to be back. 
Um, according to to our colleague Shams uh, Sharania, you know, it was potentially a few games, and, you know, from I, I guess what a couple of games a, ago. A, a, so a few games from so he was so Shams reported he was going to miss the Wednesday game against the Blazers and potentially a few more games after that. Which I mean, listen, first of all, there's only five games left before the the All Star break. Yeah. Now, so at that point, it's like what. <sighs> I mean, I would but at assume the same time, they're, they're desperate. Like, they, yeah, they, they, you know, they, 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 they can't be shutting him down. They can't be like, you know, and the other thing is like LeBron's not going to want to miss all star in Cleveland. Like everybody else in the league might want to miss all star in Cleveland, but LeBron's going to want to be there. So I don't think he's going to be because if he doesn't play before the all star break, his first time back on the court can't be in an all star game. So my guess would be, you know, he comes back for two or three of these final five. And so maybe he plays. I mean, Saturday against the Knicks you know, is, a, is a big nationally televised game that. If he's able to go, I would expect him to play in that game. Then you got the Bucks on Tuesday. That's a big game. Um, if he doesn't play against the Bucks on Tuesday, I don't think he'll play uh, in Portland on the second night of that back to back. But he may. But then, but then we're talking about a full week from now uh, against the against the Warriors in uh, in in San Francisco, a game that you will be at. So I. I mean, I th- this is a nice stretch for him to catch up on some rest, though, because you, you do have it spaced out the Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah. Like it, it is, you know, th- there's some gaps in there that. that well, it's are, like it's Saturday, Tuesday, Lakers. Wednesday, Saturday, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday again when they play the um, when they play the jazz before the all-star break. They've got a really nice like five games in like 14 days stretch. Yeah, it's next. Yeah, they, so. they, they're off from Saturday, Saturday the twelfth against the Warriors to Wednesday the sixteenth against the Jazz, which is just nice, nice stretch. Yeah. So I, I guess, do you like? Here's here's a question for you. What do you think? Assuming this team gets healthy at some point, which again is is kind of a ridiculous assumption at this point with with the way the not only this season but but last season played out as well. What do you think? the idealized version of the Lakers is because I I feel like they kind of have set settled on this small ball identity. Right. And, and yeah. I, you know, it sounds like LeBron and AD are at the five yep. and you know, Malik's uh, the th- Malik's the three Bradley. Bradley is the, is I mean, the two guard to set the, to, set, to give you that perimeter pressure. I mean, to me, that's the only starting five you can play. I mean, Stanley Johnson has been a lifesaver for them and he belongs on the team, but he needs to be your 14th or 15th guy. Like he should not be starting or playing big minutes for this Lakers team. Austin Reeves, like you could convince me that Austin Reeves should be starting in, instead of Malik and bring Malik off the bench if you want. But I think they need that. I think they need that perimeter scoring punch. Um, and then, you know, to me, it's just, and you, and you have a tight rotation to me. It's so Russ, Avery, LeBron, AD, Malik, Austin, Carmelo. I think Stanley's got to be in there. Talon and Dwight. Stanley is Stanley to me is a a weapon. Okay, he's a defensive he's a defensive weapon that you can insert. But I don't know that he needs to be a nightly twenty minute a night guy or twenty even night, the, nightly. There's also Ken, there's also Kendrick, which you know we'll, we'll see what what he gives you if he. I mean, ever if, comes if back. Kendrick is any good when he comes back, he could easily take. Talon's minutes. Talon hasn't been good enough to be a can't be taken out of the rotation player. Yeah, and that I mean we don't we've relitigated the the off season way too many times on this podcast, but I, I think it's oh please if you want me to talk about um, Alex Caruso again, I am all for it. Like I mean, in terms of like, well, I think it's it's not just like that. I 
I mean, look, he's he's out, right? So he had, he had the freak, you know, accident with with the with Grayson Allen, but that gap between them, which was already there, has widened this season. And and of course, you can't predict that a player is going to get injured on you know on on the type of play that he got injured on. But uh, just kind of a mat. I mean, it, it's almost like it, even if Talon was like the version of Talon from last season, uh, while still kind of an inconsistent player, I mean, that player was better than this season's. Like I, I almost feel like he's he's had some higher peaks and lower valleys this season. Do you remember when? Uh, remember when Talon hit a game winner over over Derrick Rose last year? That was real. This was yeah. just, that was a really cool moment. You know, like yeah. like a couple of Simeon guys. You know, like the, the I, I just like I just when I think of Talon Horton Tucker, that's the moment I think of, and it's it doesn't say much about this season, other than like he hasn't had a moment that surpasses that. Like that was like such a cool, like memorable moment for him. And it felt like, Oh, he is ready for something bigger. And it just hasn't, it just hasn't happened. Uh, he has not been a consistent enough player. I know we all kind of, you know, were um, drinking the tail and Kool-Aid after those first three games when he came back in November on that, on that road trip. And like the Lakers needed his scoring punch. He hasn't had a single game like that, like those first three games since no. it's, it's since then it's just, he's been, a, it, it, he's just young. And I think that that's something that, you know, the Lakers need, I think he gives them a spark, but I think they also, you know, undervalued that he's still a 20 year old who need 21 year old now who needs time to develop. Um, so anyway, I, anyway, I could see if Kendrick comes back in his, you know, Kendrick's also a very flawed player. Like he comes with, he comes with limitations, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I like, I like, I think in theory, I like his game more than Taylor right now. Well, and it's, it's not like this rotation needs another small guard necessarily. Uh, if it- Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Well, I, I think Talon... Kalen brings up, I think, a natural transition to the trade deadline, right? Because if this team makes a move at the trade deadline, it almost certainly will have to. I mean, it could be a salary situation, um, which I heard yesterday might be the most likely thing of just kind of salary dumping a play a veteran, whether that's DeAndre Kent Bazemore, just getting off some money and creating that flexibility with that fifteenth roster spot. Uh, but if they actually make a explosive move it's almost certainly going to have to include taylor horton tucker right and that 2027 2028 
first round pick, one of those two, potentially, you know, Kendrick Nunn, uh, you can get it all the way up to like that 18 and a half or so million range. But I, I just, I don't know what, what, uh, what Talon's trade value is. Right. And, uh, from, from conversations with people around the league, it, it remains very split on him where some people see this ball. People see a ball of clay with Talon. Right. And, and it's like, you know, someone's like, I mean, look at the polish, look at the finish, look at his age, look at his wingspan, look at his physical tools. And then other people see this is a ball dominant shot creator who cannot shoot and has clear limitations. And like, you know, maybe at best is like a, a six man of the year candidate, but like at worst is this inconsistent, you know, microwave score who, who can't really shoot and, and has been, I think, a bit disappointing overall defensively given his length and, and his tools. So it's just really split on him. And and I think I don't know. I just don't know what he's getting you back. And and maybe you trade him just to like, you know, just to get a, a veteran front court piece or something that, that kind of fits better. But um, it does feel like when we have these conversations about the playoff rotation, Talon to me is on that like eight, nine, 10 borderline where like you could, if, if you told me Talon's like not in the rotation, I wouldn't fight you on that because he just hasn't really earned it in my opinion. You know, the, t- the Talon thing is interesting because like there is like a level of he is, like the only guy you really have who is, you know, a guy you've actually signed, right? Like a guy you've developed, you've signed. I don't think you trade him for somebody who makes you marginally better or not better. Like the Lakers have done this before. Like when we saw them trade Avica Zubats for Mike Muscala to, you know, to yeah. a, a well, trade that, that did that, not make them. <laughs> but like a trade that like at least in theory, time. they thought was going to like help them win, which obviously didn't. Um, didn't manifest itself. Um, I think we kind of all thought it was peculiar at the time, but the idea that you would trade Talon, I'm not, I'm not trading Talon for a different eighth guy or a different ninth guy, not because he's been so good this year, but because you've made a certain investment in him, which has like demonstrated a trust in his ability to develop. And so I would be very hesitant to just trade him for the sake of trading him. Um, now, unfortunately, you don't have other guys. And like, listen, our friend Dan Wojcicki from the LA Times, I mean, our bitter competitor, but you know, also our friend, made a really astute point about the Clippers trade. And like, just basically like, this is why, like, I'll even read, I'll read Dan Wojcicki's tweet on this podcast. The Clippers ability, Shout out. the Clippers ability to improve and still stay super flexible is a testament to that front office and the to the upside of having a wide array of, of assets and contract values. So the flip side of that is that the Lakers don't have a wide array of contract values. They don't have players with upside. They don't have anything. They don't have the mechanisms to assemble trade packages. They have three players making $122 million. They have a bunch of guys on minimums and they have Taylor Horton Tucker. They traded and they have Kendrick Nunn on a, on a mid-level. Everybody else has been, has already been traded. They've already cashed in all those varying contracts. They've already cashed all them in for this team, for Russell Westbrook, for Anthony Davis. Um, and so, you know, it's just shown a very, uh, a very uh, serious commitment to like one lane. The Lakers already picked their lane. You know, it's like it's like trying to change horses in the middle of the race, basically. I mean, like they didn't set themselves up to be a team that could could really, you know, adjust at the trade deadline if things weren't going their way. They they locked in on this path then. 
when they when they made the trade for Russ. And so to me, trying to you know recalibrate and throw everything you've got at a Buddy Healed package almost feels it's too late. Like the the chance to like build a team with Buddy Healed as a natural piece has kind of passed. Like I'm not trading Talon and a future Talon Kendrick and the 2027 first for Buddy Healed. I don't I don't think I don't think I am. Like that doesn't yeah. That just doesn't like and honestly like, you know, Malik Malik and 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 Mello more or less do what you wanted Buddy Healed to do. Like you had your chance to build your team with that way. You don't get a do-over on that. Um I Would you have done the the Jeremy Grant trade or the 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 hypothetical Jeremy Grant trade? Yeah, but Detroit was never going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And again and again Yes, I would I would have done it for Jeremy Grant. I would do it for Miles Turner. Um although Positionally, I don't even know. Positionally, I don't even know. But like, I also just like, I do. I think we talked about this on our last episode, so I'm not going to dive into it too much. But like, I do have some hesitation about just like being willy nilly about draft picks and like trading draft picks, like you know, into 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 perpetuity. I understand you have to win now, but you better, yes. but you, but you better be. But, but, the problem is you're kind of in a position not like you're not you're not winning now. Like, like realistically, you're not. They're not like unless you are trading Russell Westbrook. In a three-team deal that is bringing you a healthy Damian Lillard, and you are balancing out your roster, I don't see a scenario where the Lakers go on a great run at the end of the regular season, go into the playoffs red hot, and just and and just run through it and win. I I just don't really see a path to them being like a a championship team this year. And so that's when I get like that's when I get really hesitant about making a trade for the sake of like putting lipstick on this pig that you have built. And so I, I'm, I'm torn. It's like, yes, you have to do everything you can to max. Cause like, you've got a, you've got great LeBron. You've got great Anthony Davis right now. You've got to find a way to like make that the best version it can be. But if the best version it can be is like, you know, losing the first round in six games, then you might as well hold on to your assets. Like it's a really tricky position to be in. And like, you obviously can't see the future. And like, it, I'm kind of contradicting what I said earlier, which is like, put yourself in the best position to take advantage. If, if a path opens with, but you also have to be, you also have to be smart, and you're gonna. This is this is your team next year too. You know, Russ, LeBron, AD is your team next year. Yeah, I, I, I think the the one unfortunate thing for them has been the injuries because I think you, you'd have a better sense of what the actual potential. Like, I think we, we've seen enough where we we don't view this team as the Western Conference favorite, right? We we don't view them on the level of. Phoenix and Golden State and even Memphis and, and Utah and um, I think at their at their peak you can throw them in that Dallas Denver mix right and, and maybe maybe even higher like I, I that's I mean the thing is you just don't know and I, I think the Lakers it, it feels like especially if they stand pat at the deadline are kind of betting on we are still confident in the roster we built and we just need them to be healthy but that to me is a kind of a foolish bet right because i i don't think you you've seen enough from even when they've been relative like i mean i don't know the record off the top of my head but i, I know the record with with the big three is still around 500 it might, might be a game or two above it but like that's not good enough and i, I know the supporting cast has changed night to night and guys are in and out of the rotation guys are injured covid whatever but you know you put lebron ad and russ on the same floor for 35 plus minutes like that team should be winning 70% of its games in theory. Yeah. And I think like, you know, standing, I don't think it's standing pat, right? Like standing pat is like, 
the decision to not make moves. That's different from the inability to make moves. Like you have like locked yourself in a, in, you know, in a corner where you would love to make adjustments. Like the Lakers have like, think about how much of this season we spent talking about when the Lakers get Trevor Ariza back, they, that will unlock their like ideal way of playing. Well, me too, for sure. And Trevor Ariza hasn't been playable. Like he's been out, he was out of the rotation before Car- Carmelo Anthony got hurt the other day, or got hurt last night against the Clippers. Uh, there was a report from ESPN that that's expected to be a relatively minor injury day to day, which is obviously dodging a bullet when you're talking about an injury to a 37 year old player. Um, but to me, I don't, I think, I don't think that the Lakers, the Lakers, here, but here's what you're, what you're hitting on is that the Lakers will come out, like Rob Polinka will talk after the trade deadline and say, we had opportunities to make trades. But at the end of the day, we believed in our guys too too much. We believe that we haven't had the opportunity to see our guys because of the injuries, and that is a lie. Like if like that is that is a lie that a team tells its fans to make them feel better about the fact their team couldn't get anything done because of poor management in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I would my only I guess where I was going with my I I do agree they have an inability to make moves probably overall, but. I think if you offer Talon and a 2027 or 2028 first, you can get a better player. Now, again, marginal up. Like, I, I don't know. How, you're not getting Jeremy Grant, right? Because that would have already happened, I think. But I, I do like I, I think there's an imbalance with the roster where they have too many guards and, and too many small players. And I would even consider Talon, despite his wingspan on the smaller side at about 6'4", 6'5", with, with, with that giant wingspan, where like I, I do think, I mean, we, we were just... I was advocating for Stanley Johnson to play. You were advocating for him not to play. This is a guy who was out of the league a couple months ago. Uh, and, and while he's been a success story for the Lakers and, and given them some really good minutes, I also think like we shouldn't probably be looking at Stanley Johnson or Trevor Ariza or even Carmelo Anthony in certain matchups. Like, I think there's going to be matchups that teams are going to target Carmelo. We've already seen it in the fourth quarter of some games. Teams can target Carmelo Anthony and, and make it very difficult to keep him on the floor. And I would like to see the Lakers have a six foot seven to six foot nine rangy three and D type. And those guys don't grow on trees. They're expensive, they're difficult to acquire. But if you could flip Talon plus a first for that guy, and that guy could step in and play 15 to 25 minutes a night, I would be interested in that. I just, I think the, the, the list of the, the guys that fit that criteria. Like in theory, like a like a Robert Covington, right? But, but here's the here's the here's I mean, the here's the, the thing, though. You could have like like financially, Robert Covington lines up with Taylor Horton Tucker. You could have mm-hmm. traded Taylor for Robert Covington and his expiring contract, and you want to also include a first for like well, it, it, it's, it's, it's like you just like, can't be like I mean, listen, like like Taylor Horton Tucker plus like some futures like a future second. For Robert, sure, maybe, future maybe that maybe that would or, or and like listen, for, I I, I, I hate saying, I hate that deal for Portland. By the way, I hate the deal they got. So like, I if I'm them, I'd rather have I'd rather have Taylor Horton Tucker and a second just for Covington, and then figure out something separately for Norman Powell. But like, you are then again, you're taking a guy who's 21 years old who you've already made a commitment to for the future. You're taking a future asset and you're turning it into a guy who may or may not make your team better um, on an expiring contract. Like it's, it's like, and I love Robert Covington. Like, I mean, the, he was amazing. He dominated the game against the, the Lakers the other night at, 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 at crypto with, without scoring a point. Like he missed all of his shots. He missed some very key shots, but had 10 rebounds, nine assists, four steals, two blocks. Like love that dude. But 
you know, when you start talking about throwing in future first for an expiring contract, I get very skittish. Like, no, they should not trade Taylor Horton Tucker and a future first for Terrence Ross. Like that could get done. No, no, that no, could no. get done. It would be insane. I, I guess I just also I, I view it as like if you think you have a shot at it, like they're in win now mode to the point where like this, even if like we, we say they have very low to almost zero percent odds of actually winning a championship, although like maybe in theory, LeBron and AD play out of their mind and they're just like the two best players in every series that they play, which I think is like possible, but but not likely. This might be your last sh- like we don't know. I mean, for as great as LeBron is like, I mean, I- I'm not going to bet against them next season because that- that's just a- a- every year game, can be the last year. Right. But it- it- it's, you know, it, it is there is that kind of like Spurs Patriots like th- at some point the dynasty's over. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, and you extend it out probably longer than anybody thinks. But there is going to be a season in which LeBron James is, is no longer LeBron James. And Again, based on the way he's played this season, I I wouldn't bet on it being next season, but you just never know. And he has been very injury prone in L.A. by his standards. You know, he he was an Iron Man his first 15 seasons, uh, and now it feels like he's he's racking up the the kind of random injuries that just come with with aging. And like, I just think if you have LeBron and AD and LeBron's 37, like you only get so many at bats and this group might only have this season and next season to actually contend and potentially win a title. So I, I, while well, I agree, it could be very short-sighted to trade a future first. And like the, the 2027, 28 Lakers will miss that first round pick and, and what it could have gotten them. Like you also, you don't know like what your team's going to look like, you know, Russ isn't going to be on the Lakers. Then I don't think LeBron probably will be retired. AD. Okay. He's probably still on the team, but he's what in his early to mid thirties now. So I just like there's no guarantee that that team is, is contending. So I, I don't know. It's I get your point, but but I also think there's an element of like you already went all in with the Russell Westbrook trade. So like why not go even further all in? I mean, that is the I guess that that is the fundamental. Like, do you want to keep doubling down on bad decisions? Do you want to keep compounding the er- the errors? And and to me, because I, I guess it's like if if you don't give yourself the even if you marginally improve, right, and get like five percent better or two percent, right, like I, I think you're in a spot where you, you kind of have to maximize your opportunity because otherwise, why, why did like why did you trade for Russell Westbrook then, right? Like that is a great question. That which is, a, is great a great question, question. <laughs> that, that, that Ron Palinka needs to answer. But because because then it's like you're, you're you're it's it's almost to me like a half measure if like if you you trade for Russ and you clearly build a flawed roster, right? We, we can all agree. This roster, it's imbalanced. It's got holes on both sides. It's not the optimal roster around the big three. You have to find a way to try to rectify that. Otherwise, you're, it's like a half measure of like, we built this big three, but the rest of the team, like, I don't know. You have on, do you play poker? I don't. Okay. So anyone who- So maybe maybe, maybe I, I, I don't get game theory. But like, if you have a losing hand, the solution is not to keep betting. And I'm not suggesting yeah. that the Lakers fold, but like, unless you like, okay. And listen, there is such a thing as bluffing and there is such a thing as like betting your way through a bad hand and like buying a pot. But like, if you've got a pair of Kings and you've deduced that your opponent has three aces, like it isn't smart to keep betting. You are just giving your opponent more, more chips. And the, the Lakers equivalent I, yeah. of that, the Lakers equivalent of that is if you keep, 
doubling down on this mistaken investment you've made in Russell Westbrook, what you're doing is hamstringing your ability to be flexible beyond this year and essentially giving and essentially giving your the, the rest of the league, you know, more a better chance because you're taking yourself out of it. So I I don't I think the Lakers need to be very cautious of this trade deadline because there will be an urge there will be a sense of like we've got to do something because we're so boned and and that is what happened <laughs> 3 years ago when um when they trade when they made the Muscala trade, when they made the Reggie Bullock trade. You know, it just it you know Ultimately, all they really lost, I think, that if you look back at it, is is Avica Zubats. But Avica Zubats is a really impactful player for a team that is ahead of the Lakers in the standings and is going to be a contender in future years once Kawhi and Paul George are healthy. And now they added some some interesting pieces. really interesting pieces. I mean, they're going to be they're Robert Covington. They're going to be <laughs> they are going to be um, fascinating to watch down the stretch this year. I think Ty Lue said last night that there'd be you know. Nobody's expecting Kawhi back, but you know, they get PG back with Norman Powell. The way they play, um, that is a very interesting team and a very da- dangerous team in the postseason. All right, Jovan. Well, um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap here. Um, I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, thanks to our listeners for uh, for for tuning in. Um, obviously, we're barreling right toward the trade deadline. The Lakers trying to get out of their their current slump. I believe they've lost uh, what what is it? We we five five out of their last six. So. Um, uh, trying to trying to find their way forward while they don't have LeBron James, but we'll be back next week to recap the trade deadline, uh, a little bit of a state of the Lakers. Uh, hopefully, talk to Rob Belinka by then. And then, and, and I made the I didn't get a ball, blow up a pool, but I just made a pool in the tub, and I and I did a cannonball. And these are the perils of recording a podcast <laughs> at home. Thank you very much let's for listening. The, let's see if the Lakers do a cannonball next week <laughs> or a big belly flop. Uh, thanks for listening to the Forum Club. We will talk to you next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.